everybody, welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. As always, it's a pleasure having you come and listen today. If you don't know anything about NC Real Estate, then that's the company I founded. Uh, and it's full of loads of goodness for landlords and property investors. It's about best practice and making sure that you're building profit profitable property portfolios that completely align with your goals. And if you want courses, one-to-one -one support, group workshops, and everything in between, then head on over to our members club and you can get all of the information on that by heading to www.ncrealestate.co.uk. And if you want a good community to just jump into to start off with, to get to know me, to get to know other people in the community, then head over to Facebook and find our property investment mastery Facebook group. That is where the conversation is at for all things property. So that address again, www.ncrealestate.co.uk. Okay, let's get on to the good stuff. Today I am joined with my sister, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Atash, how are you? <laughs> good, thank you, how are you? Yes, very good, thank you. And we are going to be discussing all things first-time buyer today because I appreciate that I don't spend as much time on this as a lot of people would like. There is so much conversation about the housing crisis across the newspapers, across Twitter. That's all people on Twitter talk to me about, actually, is the housing crisis, how first-time buyers are really struggling, how it's so freaking difficult for them to get on the property ladder, how I am one of the most fortunate people in the world, something magical must have happened to me. And I think I've, I've shared my story a lot. I think I've put it all over blogs, I've put it all over the Facebook group, I put it over, all over my social media. And I think to a certain extent, people just think one day I snap my fingers and that's it, a couple of properties fell into my lap. So what I wanted to do was bring Amy on board and she can discuss through her first time buyer how she went through it, how she bought her first property, she's now on her second property, um, and how she's done that. Because Amy's gone about things in a different way to I have, because we buy completely different properties. I always seem to be buying things for investment purposes. Amy doesn't buy things for investment purposes. I would say that, Amy, you're, you were more of the traditional first-time buyer, but what age did you buy your first property? So we bought our first property when we were 22. Yeah, okay, so, like young you've got on yeah, the property, map, yeah. <laughs> property ladder young and it's not even as if you are buying in the cheapest part of the country either is it no I mean uh obviously we grew up in Bath and that the prices there are just ridiculous so we kind of always knew that we just weren't going to be able to afford Bath um so it's kind of looking where's around you know where where could we move to where would be good for us where would be good for long term because our plan was we weren't buying a house uh just to make some money on it we weren't just buying a house just to sell it on for us it was about buying a home yeah so kind of that's where we're very different for us that first house was all about we want to settle down somewhere we want to get a home yeah and in contrast when I first went out and bought a, a property that was very much I am buying in property for investment purposes mm -hmm. So we are coming from things from a completely different place. So let's 
start right back from the very beginning. Can I also tell everybody that Amy and I are very different in the way that we approach savings. I would always say that I'm probably not a good saver. Um, as much as I can find money, I can group money together and I'm very good at um, investing in things to build quite a large pot of money. Amy is very much the saver. Amy has money for every single rainy day imaginable. Amy is the best at this kind of stuff. So that's why I wanted mm -hmm. to bring her on as well, because she's looking at this from a completely different angle. So let's go back to the very, very, very start. When did you decide you wanted to buy a house? So we always knew we wanted to buy a house since kind of when I was, so I was at university um and I went off to university and me and my now husband uh were together and we'd always said that when I came home we didn't want to rent because we didn't want to be paying off someone else's mortgage mm -hmm. so that was a choice we co consciously made so we said right let's just start saving and we'll see where we get you know we've got three years let's let's save let's see how we get on so I graduated in um no uh, it was May 2013 mm -hmm. So um, I was very lucky and in the July I started my first full-time proper job and that was when we kind of realised, okay, we're nearly there, we've nearly got our deposit together, let's just have a little look around, let's see what's out there, let's have a look at mortgages, you know, it was the first time we'd kind of done any of it, so it was really more about how much can we afford, where can we afford, what do we actually want out of a house, what do we want out of the area, so we just started doing lots of research. Okay, so let's go back slightly. So I, I, when you were at university, I know very much that you were still saving when you were at university. I remember coming to see you in halls in Cheltenham. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saving from then, right? I, well, I've been saving since day one. So even when I was like 13, I was saving. And I didn't always know what I was saving for, but I've just, just, that's just me. I've always been a saver. How were you saving at 13? Was this when uh, you were doing paper, a paper, paper round? round? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> no way. That's where it all started. You were actually saving money at that age? Yeah, because I, you know, at that age, what was important to me was I had a horse on loan, so I had to pay my share. You know, mum and dad, <laughs> they didn't have all the money in the world, so if okay. I wanted something, that's what we did. We all just saved and we all paid for it. Oh, so they so, made you pay for that? Yeah, definitely. They weren't going to pay for it. My hobby. New every day. <laughs> okay, so you've been saving since you were 13. And then with your student loan, had you been saving some of that as well? So in my final third year, with uh, work going to university in Cheltenham, actually it was commutable. You know, you're starting, my third year, I was probably doing one, one and a half days a week actually in university. The rest obviously is working on projects, dissertations. Um, so I kind of found that, you know, I don't need to be living up there because it saves me a lot of money. So what I did is I still took my student loan, my full student loan, and I just saved as much as I could because I thought, actually, that's going to be the, one of the cheapest loans I'll ever get in my life. Yeah. Compared to getting a mortgage, I knew that was the cheapest way to do it. So, I mean, we're only looking at, I don't know, two, three thousand pounds in my last year. But obviously, that's a, a big chunk of money to be able to put away again. Yeah. And so by the time you finished university, how much did you have in your bank account saved? Ooh, between 10 to 15K, I'd say. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of the only people I know that came out of university with savings. Yes. Uh, but I worked hard, you know, and, that, and, and for me, I knew that was what was important to us. Um, so, and, and, I th and I will massively state that that's not for everybody. 
no you know it's not the way that everybody should go about it. I just was very fortunate as well that I met my husband very young and we knew that's the path we wanted to take. Yeah. And so, so did you save together? Yes, definitely. So uh, while George was, he didn't go to university, he was doing his apprenticeship in um, carpentry and he was saving at the same time. So we were just both saving towards that common goal. Yeah. Okay. So you left university, you had about £15,000 in the bank. You guys were, you were also working while you were at university, weren't you? Yes, oh, the whole way through, I couldn't have afforded not no. to. Uh, was that when you were at the Disney store? Yes, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> so just so you know, all three of us, we've got a younger sister as well, all three of us have been working since we were 13, 14, haven't we? Yeah, and I think that's really important because it really teaches you the value of money because say if I earned 200 to 250 pounds that month, well, that's what I had to spend. And yeah. did I want to save a portion of it? Did I want to go and splurge? You know, and it teaches you a lot about money, about how many hours you're going to have to work to get that income, mm-hmm. you know, for you to live the sort of life you want to live. And now obviously at 16, 17, 18, we didn't really have that much to spend money on. No. But no. it just ta- I just think it's really valuable to learn, you know, about money and about how to use it, how to save it, how to work for it. I think that's, you know, amazing values in our life. And I put a lot of that, you know, that's our parents encourage us to do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so that helps. So working through university, saving through university, mm-hmm. you you did have to make that huge, huge, huge um, kind of sacrifice and that you weren't living at university in the third year, which a lot of people would have wanted to live at at university in the third year I must admit that I probably wouldn't have gone home in the third year in fact I made the choice not to I was still at university in the third year and then all of the money that I saved come third year I went traveling with (laughs) in the following summer um but you were commuting from Bath to Cheltenham that is still a good hour and 15 round trip right or there and hour and 15 there hour and 15 back yeah and I would I would stay with a family friend one night a week and I'd pay for one night a week to stay with her and that worked for me perfectly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's all choices. And yes. I think that's the thing. It's, it's you can do it. You just need to make that choice or that sacrifice. And I didn't go on lots of expensive holidays. Uh, we didn't do lots of spending because we were continually working towards that goal. Yeah. And so you come out of university. And how long is it between you leaving university and you buying the house? What did you do in the interim? So, uh, finished university in the May, yep. started uh, my new full-time job in the July, and uh, we bought our, well, we put down the first offer in November, and it got accepted in the November, so not long at all. Oh, wow. So, literally, like, five months. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, in that five months, how, how did you know to get the mortgage? How did you know what was affordable to you? What, where did you start? Did you start looking at property, or did you start with the mortgage? We started with the mortgage. So um, for us, as first-time buyers, we kind of wanted to make sure we went and spoke to someone personally. Um, We ended up going and speaking to Halifax because uh, George had an account with them. So we thought, well, let's go and speak to them. We don't have to say yes to anything, but we can go and find out what's going on. Um, And they were brilliant, you know. They were really great with explaining everything. And down in the details, you know, you can get bogged down with a lot of it. But actually, I wanted to know everything. Yeah. I want to know how much I'm going to be paying, 
how much um, I can get a house value for, what happens in two years, what happens in five years. You know, I wanted to know the longevity of it because it's not just what I'm paying today. It's how is this going to affect me for the rest of my life? Yeah. Um, and so we really went first of all and just got all that information because we thought, let's not get our hopes up. You know, if, if, if actually we can only afford this much money, well, that's how we know what we can start looking for. Um, so we kind of decided uh, with speaking to Halifax that our top budget was going to be 150,000. OK. Um, now, in Bath, we could have bought maybe a one or two bedroom flat, possibly. Mm hmm. Um, maybe not in the nicest area we wouldn't have anywhere for the car we wouldn't have a garden and that just wasn't you know that wasn't our idea of a home no um so we started looking further afield and where it'd be good and we settled on Chippenham okay which is in Wiltshire um it's right on the M4 so it's got great links it's about half an hour to Bath um it's probably about 15 minutes from where George's family live so you know we were right in the middle and lots of our friends of our age were also buying houses in Chippenham. Yeah. And I think for us that sold it, you know, where do we want to call home? Where do we want to see our future? And that's why we chose Chippenham. You know, we knew all our friends are going to be there. We knew um, that's where uh, they're potentially, you know, if we have children, all those sorts of things. We really looked at the long term effects of moving to Chippenham and that's what sold it for us. Okay, and so when you then, so let's go back to get you getting your mortgage. Did you have to get a help to buy mortgage? Yes, so we got a help to buy mortgage. Now, we had enough money to put down a full 10%. The problem with that is, is you've got all the things like your stamp duty, your um, fees, your um, solicitor's fees, everything else. And even down to the things of we had no furniture, we had <laughs> nothing to put inside our home. <laughs> so if we'd have put down that full 10%, that would have been it. Yeah. So we actually did the government helped buy scheme at the time was 5%. Yeah. And within two years, um, we signed a two year fixed mortgage. And within that two years, we'd done um, all our bits to back to the government. So we were free then to move to any other mortgage. Okay. And so when you mean, when you mean do your bits, what did you have to do? What was the agreement? What, so the government basically gave you 5%, was it to make it up to a 10%? Yes, value. through Halifax. Obviously, we never saw the money. It goes all Halifax deal with it all directly. Yeah. Um, and it was as simple as as long as you keep up with your mortgage repayments within that two years, you'll have finished paying off your government's five percent. Okay. And then you're free to do what you want. Okay, so you were paying both your mortgage plus the uh, loan repayments on the additional five percent. So it's all in one. Okay, so one payment to Halifax, but it yeah. covered both. And it covered everything, which at the time for us was fantastic, you know, especially on your first time when you it's quite scary taking out a large amount of money, you know, yeah, um, yeah. and putting your name against it and saying, yes, we will repay this for 35 years. Uh, because that was that was the other thing. It's how long do you take a mortgage for now at our age at 22? Well, why not do it over 35 years? Yeah. You know, uh, we know that when you remortgage, you can change, you can, you know, move it around, whatever's best for you. But at 35 years, let's do it. Let's make it small enough that we can live and enjoy our life still mm -hmm. um, and make it manageable because I'm not a big believer in mortgaging yourself up to the hills where you just can't live life, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. So I think at the time, I think our mortgage was around £795, I think it was a month. 
Oh, wow. Okay. And so between the pair of you, roughly how much were you on at 22? Oh, I would say we were on about 40-ish K, 35, 40K. Between you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so was that taking up the majority of your money or you still had enough to live? No, we still definitely had enough to live. And, you know, because we wouldn't have done anything that meant we couldn't. Um, again, we didn't go on big holidays. We we kept, you know, keeping the, keeping the money going, paying off the mortgage every month. Um, but a home was just really important to us. Yeah. Okay. So that was kind of you give and take. But you've, you've never really needed the holidays and stuff, have you? That's not your lifestyle. No. Um, and our, our lifestyle is more being able to enjoy, you know, our life. And our life, we do a lot at home. We um, wanted enough space so we could have a dog and do all those sorts of things. And that's what was important to us. Yeah. OK. So then, so so up to this point, at 22, you've saved up £15,000 between the pair of you. Um, you've then put an offer on a property that you found and you found the location because your friends are there, it's a lot cheaper than where you were living. Yes, you've had to go 30 minutes outside, but it's not the worst thing because it's a lovely area. Um, you've got yourself a two-bedroom house, which mm-hmm. is a nice, cosy house. You've got yourself a mortgage with Halifax, um, where you paid 5%. The government met you with 5%, and you were repaying all of that to Halifax. So it was just one lump sum. Um, and mm-hmm. then how long were you in that property for? We were there up until September 2017. So um, we actually, we weren't looking to sell our house at all. We always keep an eye on the market, what's going on, house prices, what's coming up. Um, And in Chippenham, houses that you want just don't come up very often. So for for example, the house we bought first time round, it went on the market on the Thursday and we bought it on the Friday. Yeah. Two bedroom houses just don't come up it just doesn't happen um so you kind of got to act fast and move fast so we kind of thought about at some point we'd like to move up you know we're thinking about once we're married having children you know we wanted a bigger space um so we just kind of started looking around seeing what was out there and we saw a house um that we really loved and we went and saw it and they said okay all right well you've not sold your house but you sell your house and you can buy this one um our house was very sellable again two bedroom houses they they're brilliant first time buys um so that it was really sellable unfortunately we were beaten to it we didn't sell our house quick enough and when I say quick enough we sold our house in five days (laughs) and that's just the market here at the moment yeah um but at that point we'd already put the house on and we thought well no let's you know let's see what what's out else out there we've already sold the house let's have a look and we looked and we looked and we looked and we put offers on things but you know three bedroom houses it's hard to find everything you're looking for and and for us we didn't want to move for the sake of moving it's so expensive to move sometimes yeah that we don't want to just buy any old house we want to buy the house we want and the one we love um so actually in the end we so we put our house up for sale in January 2017 and we moved in September 2017 (laughs) it was a long long old journey and then you moved Uh, on the same week you got married right yes so we moved on the Friday uh the 15th of September and we got married on the 22nd of September (laughs) so it was all go for that whole week (laughs) we don't do anything by half (laughs) so how did you get so 
what was the difference in price? How much did you sell your two bed for and how much did you buy your three bed for? So we sold our old house for 185 in the end. So that made 35K in about three, just under three years. Yeah. Um, and we bought our next one for 285. And how did you feel getting that bigger mortgage? I mean, literally, we only pay about another £110 a month. Okay. So it wasn't huge. You know, the, the jump up for us, that £110, you know, we'd both earn a considerable amount more than we did. Yep. Um, you know, we've done, George owns his own business. He does really well. I made a massive jump up at work. So we both actually earn a lot more. So £110 for us did not seem like a lot, but for the amount of house we were getting, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Okay. So it was it was really worth it. And at the point you could do it, um, you'd basically just been working on your career and you just thought, right, okay, well now, fabulous. And that extra £35,000 that you got went in as your deposit, I guess. And so you had that full 10% deposit for the second mm -hmm. house. Yes, exactly. Um, the only thing I would say for a lot of people buying houses, first-time houses and looking at mortgages, um, the biggest struggle we had was George is self-employed carpenter. Um, trying to get a mortgage being self-employed is hard work. So yeah. get your books done right, make sure they are squeaky clean and that is the only way you'll get a mortgage. Yeah, and did you use Halifax again the second time round? No, 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 we went to a mortgage broker, an independent mortgage broker. And who is your mortgage with now? Uh, it, ooh. We went through London and Country for our mortgage, and they were fantastic. Okay. Um, they couldn't have helped any more if they tried. Um, brilliant service, really got to know what we wanted, what we needed, and what would work for us. Um, and we are now with a building society amazing um but again we had to work really hard for that because a lot of places were asking for five years worth of books george yeah. didn't have five years worth of books so trying to you know explain that we could pay it you know showing our previous mortgage because our um, mortgage lenders from before wouldn't loan us oh god they wouldn't they wouldn't give it so to halifax us wouldn't look at you no, because of George's books. Because at the time when we first applied, he was employed and then he went self-employed and they wouldn't look at us at all. Yeah, well, to be honest. So, yeah, so, you know, it was it was hard work and trying to, you know, trying to explain to people that we can pay it. It's absolutely fine. We've got more than enough money. But it's about making sure if you're self-employed, get those books done, speak to a proper financial advisor. Um, and that's the best way to do it, you know. Yeah. Okay, so so we are quite a few years on now. You've been in your mm -hmm. your second home for the last year. You've done loads of works to it. You're still doing works yeah. to it. You've had mm -hmm. Archie. They've just all, they've just had a little baby back yeah. in the summer. So things are really moving on for you guys. Would you say that mm -hmm. you regret anything? Is there anything you would have changed about the process that you've been on since buying your first house? Uh, no, not at all. You know, amazing to get on the ladder so young that was the best thing we did for us in yeah. our situation was to get on the ladder young um the only thing we would have loved to have done is kept hold of that first house yeah and rented it out but actually we just wouldn't have then had the deposit ready for our second house so at the time it wasn't right um but it's something you know in the future that that that's what we'd like to look into you know i think we definitely have probably at least another move in us yeah. to another house 
um, this house will suit us while we have Archie and, you know, I can see us living here, you know, for the next five to ten years and we're doing works to it and making it how we want to do it. Yeah. Um, I can see us having another jump up and I can also see us buying um, another home, maybe a two-bed home to have as a rental property. Okay. Yeah, so some really good good things coming over the next five years. And so for when you're looking at all of these reports about first-time buyers really having it hard and them not being able to get on a housing ladder, what would your advice be to them with everything you know? It's always possible. Yeah. You've just got to look long-term sometimes, you know. We couldn't have afforded the house at 22 if we weren't committed to saving at the time. Um, some, you can't have everything. I think we're very much in a generation that everybody thinks, well, I'm going to go out all the time. I'm going to spend all this money and I'm going to have a nice house and I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. Well, actually, that's not the real world. Mm-hmm. You have to give up something for something else sometimes. You know, if you want it bad enough, you're safe for it. You will get there. It just yeah. takes time. Um, there is no magic money pot. We didn't come from a very wealthy background. We didn't have money passed to us from our parents. We, you know, everything we've all got, we've got for ourselves. Um, And just be determined. If you want it, work hard for it, save hard for it. You'll get there in the end. It's not going to happen overnight, unfortunately. No. And you do have to think, okay, well, in four years' time, I'm going to be able to afford X. And in the time that you're saving, if you do have to make sacrifices, for example, live in a cheaper place, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's going to be what you have to do, right? Yeah, there's, I think there's always, nine times out of ten, there's a sacrifice to be made. Even if you're putting away £5 a week, it is £5 a week. You're always, for me, there's nothing more scary than thinking there's no money in the bank. Yeah. Um, like you say I have savings for rainy days on rainy days that's just the way I live my life I would never want to be in a situation where I didn't have any money or that something came up and I couldn't pay for it um so you know we're we're big on savings here but we're always looking to the future so the minute we put down the next deposit on the next on this house we were putting together savings ready to do some more works to the house which was then to us it's going to a, improve the house we live in for the time being and B, add value. We're mm-hmm. always adding value to our property so that when we make the next jump up, we've got even more money to do that with. And so how much do you put away in savings a month on mm. average? Personally, I put away between four to £500 a month. Yeah, okay. Which is a lot of money, I know. Um, and that's not doable for everyone. But like I say, any amount you can put back and you can put it into any sorts of savings accounts for us... I have an ISA where I put all our money. Um, it gets us a decent return. We're making some investments on it. I think it's, you know, there's, and, you know, now you can get the government help to buy ISAs. There, there is so much help out there, yeah. but you've got to really go and find it. Agreed. Just start talking to people, you know. The more you talk to people, the more you talk to the financial advisors, the more you speak to the mortgage guys. Mortgage brokers are your best friends, mm-hmm. you know, because they want to do what's best for you. But they also know that if you go with them, they're going to get a payout as well. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, agreed. Um, but get, just really go out, get the information, get your facts straight so you can know that you can work towards it. You know, if, if someone says, well, you're going to need 5% deposit, great. You can have that in your mind. You can then start budgeting. You can then say, well, I can afford to put £100 back a month. That means in two years we can afford it. Whatever it is, give yourself some goals. Give yourself to work something to wor- work towards because... That's my motivation always. That's always the motivation is 
how can we save this money? Where can we save this money? And what are we going to put it towards? So the next thing for us at the moment is our bathroom. So we're going to be doing a brand new bathroom upstairs. It's all booked in, ready to go in January. So that's been a thing that we've been saving for for the last couple of months, ready to go to it. Yeah. Uh, next year we're looking at doing an extension at the back again once the bathroom's done we'll start saving towards the extension um yeah just uh, goals drive me and that's that's you know how we work towards but the goals for us are very different to what you know your goals for us it's about getting that great family house it's about getting that brilliant um place for our dog for Archie to live you know for him to really grow up in a safe surroundings and have fun and have um you know for us we want a large living area so he can play in and we want a garden so the dog can be in there you know yeah. um, that's our goals yeah and they do and it really does vary from person to person Amy that's and I have completely different goals if you look at what Chris and I are doing at the moment um, we're trying to create two residences we're going to have one in New York we'll have one in London when we sell our mm -hmm. current flat then we'll have another buy to let but we're not we're not at the moment buying our family home we're buying um, pads that we can go to when we're in certain cities because um, Although Amy's my younger sister, Chris and I are not at the stage with the families yet where we want to have kids, probably in the next five years, but right now it's not our, mm -hmm. um, it's not our goal. And that's where you and I differ. But again, it's having that mindset of this is what we are trying to achieve. So that's what mm -hmm. we're going to work for. But if you don't know what it is that you're aiming for, you've never done that research. You've never sat down, as you say, with your mortgage broker, your financial advisor, how are you ever going to get to where you want to be? Yeah, and I think it's very easy to sit there and go, well, I'm never going to be able to afford it. I won't be able to get the mortgage. I won't be able to do this. And, you know, if, but if you don't have that information, how do you know? Yeah. It's, it is out there and it's possible for everybody. Everyone's just got to do it in their own way and for the reasons they want to do it. And it's never going to be the same for each person. And that's okay because we're all individual, you know, between you, me and Sophie, we've all done it so differently, yeah. but we're all working towards our own goals and we're all happy and that's what matters. Yes, exactly. And so anybody who is listening to this and you're thinking now, okay, as a first time buyer, I haven't yet got on a property ladder just yet. What can I do? Aim, what should they do? Go out and get all that information. Yeah, <laughs> go, that's go to- exactly what it is. And do you know what? You can even start with going to your bank. I know very much NatWest, uh, who are my bank. I don't, Amy, are they your bank? Yeah, they're my bank. Yeah, um, they do free financial advisors. Um, so mm -hmm. you can literally phone them up and you can go in and say, can I have a financial advisor appointment? You go in there, they go through everything with you. Um, and they also have a look at what mortgages you can afford if you want to get a mortgage with them. I don't have any mortgages with them, but... Um, they have gone through it with me before if I ever want to switch. They've told me what rates that they'll put me on um, and all of that different stuff. It just so happens that my mortgages are with other providers who could get me a cheaper interest rate at the time. It doesn't mean I wouldn't ever mm -hmm. consider switching. So for those of you who, uh, I mean, everybody who's listening, I'm sure you've got a bank account in the UK, go and ask them for their 
financial advisory service. And if it's free, take them up on it. Otherwise, if you want to go to a mortgage broker, mortgage broker consultations will always be free. You do not pay your mortgage broker until the point that you take a mortgage. And even then, it might be that the, the mortgage lender pays them anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I must admit, I give a couple of hundred pounds to my mortgage broker every time. He is fantastic. He switches over uh, all of my mortgages. I'm always seem to be on a better mortgage than I am before, than I was before. But there are different ways of doing it. But it doesn't cost you anything. No, and I think that's the really important thing. You know, that's why we use Halifax in the first place because we thought we feel safe with them. We feel they're reliable. We felt like for our first time mortgage, they were the best people to speak to. They gave us all that brilliant information about what we should do. They knew our accounts. They knew what was happening. And at the time, that was great for us. Yeah. You know, go and use that free information because it's there. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And also, they'll start directing you to what how to buy scheme to use as well. I know very much that... Um, NatWest are very good at telling people what help to buy schemes to put their money into. And I'm sure other if they're doing it, other banks are doing it because they're all completely exactly. competitive. So I would seriously, your bank needs to be your friend. And even, even for those of you who are listening to this and you think, my gosh, my overdraft is at its limit. I'm literally struggling on pennies a day. Banks want you to pay that off because they do not want you to owe money. So if you go and speak to them about it, they're going to help you do that. I don't know any bank who is going to keep trying to get you into debt. It's not where their business comes from. No. And, and they're there to help. You yes. Know, your money is with them. You're paying, you're, you know, you've got money in there. They've got an interest in you no matter what. Yeah. They want to help you. They want you to succeed. And if they can help you and offer some of their services along the way... Well, fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. So for you first time buyers who haven't yet got on the ladder yet, it's time to go and see your bank and get some good recommendations. Because at least if you can start doing things that are free, you can put in place those savings goals. And actually, things will start to come together quicker than you thought. Because even whilst you're saving, you can then start going and having a look at properties. And I would really advise you do that. Phone up agents and go and start having a look around. Yeah, again, it's getting that information. What's out there? How much can we afford? Where where can we afford? And sometimes it's, hang on a sec, we don't, we can't spend as much money as we thought. Okay, but then what can we maximise in other areas? It might be, I'm going to add a 10 minute commute on. But hey, we've got this fantastic house. It's either more lettable, it's going to be the perfect home for us, whatever it is. Yeah. Always look at all the options. Yeah, and go and see areas. Don't just mm -hmm. think hearsay, oh, I wouldn't buy in that area because someone said X, Y, and Z. Go and have a look for yourself because you will find things that you probably love about the area. And if you don't, that's okay. There are other areas that you can live in. But that's great because then you're ticking off, you know, no, we don't want that. The no's sometimes are as good as the yeses. Sometimes it's knowing what you don't want can help you find what you do want. Yes. I agree. I think that is such valuable advice, such valuable advice. So I hope that that's been useful for everybody. I think we'll round it up there. But Amy, thank you for coming on. No worries at all. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and if you guys want to continue this discussion, you want to ask us questions, um, come over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. Amy is in there as well. Um, and just tag Amy Hobbs. 
not Amy Collins anymore, Amy Hobbs. Um, yeah. And if you've got any questions, definitely ask her through there. Or you can ask me. I'm in the Facebook group as well. If you need help with this, don't suffer in silence. Don't start thinking, no, this isn't something that's possible for me because it is completely possible for you. We both believe it. And if you need help, you need support, you need some guidance, you know where to find us. And if you want any other information, then head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk. So thank you very much for listening today and it's been an absolute pleasure having you here if you've liked this podcast don't forget to push like and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to your podcasts on we're here every single tuesday at 7 a.m and um, there's a brand new podcast every week so don't forget to tune in all right everybody have a lovely week and i'll catch up with you again soon